0: Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Caruso Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. Jesus. Are you ready for God's word this morning? Are you sure you're ready? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now hold the hands of your neighbor. Hold the hands of your neighbor. And say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the ministry, of your spirit, and we are, and we receive this morning insight, illumination, revelation in your word. We receive the ministry of your spirit. We receive an atmosphere of calamity, every question is answered, every doubt is dissolved in the name of Jesus. We receive an atmosphere where anything is possible, where anything good can happen. My heart is open to receive no distractions, in the name of Jesus, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus! Thank you Jesus! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Praise God! You can have your seats! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen! 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 Glory to God! Hallelujah! Praise God! You know before we begin this morning I have so of my minister friends around this morning I have Pastor Yomi in the house glory to Jesus can you just celebrate him hallelujah and then I have minister Uriel around as well and you got me and I will do my own back hallelujah please can we celebrate him as well glory to Jesus Men of God thank you so much for coming around I honor you so much thank you for being here hallelujah glory to God how has KCM been for you so far hallelujah how's it been for you so far You know, we had an awesome time yesterday night in the Holy Ghost meeting. Glory to Jesus. And it seems a couple of our folks decided that, you know, yesterday's night meeting was so amazing, I'm just going to stay back. Because, (laughs) you know, a good number of our folks are not around this morning. But, praise God. That just means the word will be enough for us. You know, that kind of thing. It will choke us well. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So, are you ready for the word this morning? Praise God. So, um, here's the thing this session was supposed to end by 11 o'clock but that cannot happen it's (laughs) gonna why do you look at me like that it's gonna end by 11:30, so we'll have enough time with the word all right at least as much time as we possibly can have with god's word this morning all right so i'm going to pick up from what i was supposed to cover yesterday and then hopefully part of what i was supposed to cover this morning i'm going to try to run through that so there is a whole lot that we have to cover all right are we together guys glory to jesus say i can understand the Word i'm a spiritual man i'm with a of god so i can understand the things that are freely within. hallelujah praise jesus amen 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 hallelujah and so you know yesterday we began our study on the name of jesus on the name of jesus and you know one of the things i started off doing yesterday right was to clear out some misconceptions about the name of Jesus you know one of the things I address first of all is the fact that when it comes to any bible subjects you must learn to understand from scriptures you see you don't try to understand God's word from your experiences you see experiences can be inconsistent are we together guys are we together guys experiences can change for example, I've told you guys before, as I said yesterday, there was a particular time when I didn't use to pray for the sick, hallelujah. And then as time went on, I learned about the healing power of Jesus, and then I began to pray for the sick, and guess what, the sick were not getting healed. And then at some point in time, I began to pray for the sick, and the sick began to get healed, hallelujah. Now you see, in those three different points, guess what, God's word remained the same which is that you will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Glory to Jesus. Now, imagine if when I was praying for the sick and the sick were not getting healed, I then coined a theology of my own and said, you know what? Maybe God doesn't heal. Or maybe the healing power is not for me. Guess what? I would have cut myself off from the healing flow, but it will not change the fact that the power of God can heal. Hallelujah. You see, when you decide to coin out a theology consistent with God's word, what you are doing is not stopping God from walking. You only disqualify yourself from the possibility of receiving from God. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? So, you must come to a point when if your reality doesn't align with God's word, be humble enough to say, I'm still learning some things. You see at the end of the day one of the reasons why we are quick to take our experiences above god's word is just pride we are just unable to agree to the fact that there are still some things we don't understand there are still some things we are learning around you see fact is fact irrespective of your experience glory to god that's the truth fact is fact irrespective of your experience you see there are a lot of things that are facts that you have not experienced yet and it doesn't stop them from being facts for example if you jump off a cliff to the ground you will die Now, you don't try to experience it first to know that it's a fact. You don't say, well, I haven't experienced it so it's possible to jump off a cliff and I don't die. Well, try it out. Hallelujah. So, fact is fact irrespective of experiences. Your experiences don't make something a fact. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so you must have a perspective of God's word where you say, when it comes to the Christian faith, I'm going to make sure that everything concerning my faith is built upon the word. Hallelujah. You know, when Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians 2, particularly verse 4 and he says and my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power you see a lot of times people don't really understand what he was saying there people think that what he was saying is that my speech and my preaching was not by the things i say but rather by the miraculous that's not what he was saying while the demonstration of the spirit and of power can be can have the miraculous as a part of it it is not primarily the miraculous are we together guys in fact when you continue to read in that verse because after he says my speech or my preaching we're not in the demonstration of um we're not in um the um um, the eloquence of man's wisdom but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power it then says that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of god hallelujah then he goes on to say that we speak this wisdom you know among them who are Please, let's go to that verse. I've already mixed it up in my head. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter two and verse six. Glory to Jesus. Exactly. He says, howbeit we speak this wisdom among them who are perfect. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We speak wisdom among men who are perfect, right? Then he says, he goes to say, uh, yes, not the wisdom of this world, not the princes of this world, which comes to naught.' He says, but we speak wisdom, even the hidden wisdom, which God has ordained unto our glory. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. He says, "Which he says, um, for I, as I has not seen, and air has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him." He then goes on to say, "But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit as all things, yea, the deep things of God." He says, "For what man knows the things of the Spirit of God? But by um, but for what man knows the things of the Spirit of a man? But by the Spirit of man which is in him. So then, no man knows of the things of God except by the Spirit of God." He then says, "But we have not received of this world the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit." of God that we might know the things that have been what freely given to us of God are we together guys so now when he was speaking in first Corinthians 2 and verse 4 and he says that um, my speech and my preaching was in the demonstration of the spirit and of power by context the demonstration of the spirit and of power is referring to the revelation knowledge given to a man by the spirit of God are we together guys we together guys so while of course in that revelation knowledge a man can come to understand the miraculous and display the miraculous power of god fundamentally in that context the demonstration of the spirit and power is man's ability by the spirit to comprehend the things of god does that make sense guys are we together guys exactly and so that will make you understand therefore That when it comes to understanding the Christian faith, you see, one thing you must never do as a man of God or as a minister of the gospel is to try to make people have convictions based on your experiences. See, it is not only for you not to understand God's word based on your experiences, you also must not understand God's word based on my experience even if my experiences align with the Word, your conviction must first and foremost be the Word. Are we together? Then, as a reason of your understanding of the Word, you can now accept my own experience. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? That's it. So even when your experiences are good, your conviction must be God's Word. He says, So that your faith will not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Say that my faith, my faith is not in the wisdom of men. It is not... In the eloquence of the minister but it's the power of god say it in the power of god hallelujah glory to jesus and so that's the reason when we study about the name of jesus or the authority of jesus you know what we are going to understand is not i'm not going to just tell you examples about how i have ministered to the sick in the name of jesus and they've gotten healed even though those things have happened are we together guys glory to jesus you know by the grace of god yesterday night we received healing miracles hallelujah Glory to Jesus without praying for the sick. Praise God. And I'm going to see much more of this tonight. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you need to know. Now we're not going to come here and then make the entirety of the company around miracles. You see, this is one of the reasons why we can we don't seek to know how to replicate miracles in the church. That's why. Because you see, you will not learn about the miraculous by experiences. Now you can stay around the miraculous and catch the spirit of the miraculous from your Man of God, are we together? But you see, to really understand how the miraculous power works, you must be taught. Glory to Jesus. So, while of a truth, the disciples were with Jesus when he was doing miracles, and they were learning by seeing, these same men were taught. Glory to God. Ah, sir, the disciples were taught. They were taught, sir. Do you know what it means for Jesus? You know, Bible scripture tells us that Jesus taught a crowd. Of unbelievers for three days, he taught them so much. He says, "If I leave them, these people will faint." He, you know, when they say, "Oh, come, on, we'll go," that's the meaning. He taught them so much; he was like, "If I leave these people to go, they will faint. They can't get home. They will faint on the road." Because you know, we always quick to talk about the miracle of five loaves of bread and two fish. We forgot why. It wasn't that Jesus wanted to run restaurants. But he was doing uh, this thing, uh, non-profit. Uh, how you say, it, non-profit organization. That's not what he was doing. Are we together? It was because he had taught them the word so much, they had finished up all the food that they had with them. Are we together? So by the time he was, they had finished the food, there was nothing to eat, they were tired. Guess what? They were still waiting. Are we together? Do you realize these were men without the Holy Ghost? Men without the Holy Ghost were taught God's word for three days. And even at the end of the three days, they were still waiting. They didn't want to go. In fact, it was disciples that told Jesus. They said, tell them to go away. Because we have nothing to feed them with. Are you with me? This is one of the things that a man of God must learn. Listen to me. People have the capacity to learn God's word. They do. I'm telling you. The same people will tell you, ah. Hey, this session is too so long. I will be learning God's work for three hours, for six hours, for eight hours. The same person will stand in front of their TV and they watch a series consistently. Some people, you know, some people have the money of watching things. I hope you know. Some people have it. They can sit down in front of their TV for six hours and they are watching episode upon episode, line upon line, precept upon precept. And the same person, when you ask them what happened in this movie, they can tell you word for word. Do you understand some even go to the extent of learning new languages you will see some ladies speaking korean now that same person somehow will tell you that ah, yeah, is it not just bible ah, three hours what are we doing for three hours you are not serious you are serious that's the truth hallelujah you see as a man of god as a minister of the gospel you must have spine praise god i'm gonna teach the word; you're gonna listen to it can i hear an amen and you don't have a choice. You don't. Quite frankly, see if we decided that there was not going to be a break between the first session and second session, I will do it. Guess what? Maximum, you will stand up and go and keep teaching. And at least I cannot live. And my music team cannot live, too. Praise God. They might look somehow, they might do their face and anyhow, they will stay. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> That's not gonna happen, don't worry. I mean, but who knows? <laughs> You know, Jesus was talking about the man of the spirit. He said, the wind blows and we don't know where it comes from or where it goes to. (laughs) He said, such is a man with the spirit. So you never know, that might be a word of prophecy. Amen hallelujah and so in talking about the misconceptions in the name of Jesus so I laid the foundation that our understanding must be from the word hallelujah and so I said two things I said when you try to understand the name of Jesus the power of God outside of scriptures two things are bound to happen two things number one is that you will likely come to a gross underestimation of the power of God and then I gave the example of you know people who believe that Jesus and Satan were in an arm wrestling match do you realize that it is by the authority of god that the world was created including the devil has never occurred to you that the devil is an angel and he was created by the word of god are we together so it is by the agency of this man jesus who was or who is the word of god made flesh that the world including the devil was created so what makes you think the devil has any rights to even be in the same location as jesus order to conduct the namelessly match? It's, you see, there are things that are worse than worse. It's arrant nonsense. Are we together, guys? If there was any such a thing as an arm wrestling match, the devil would come in there, he would kneel down and say, sir, we won. Don't you know what scripture says? Scripture says Jesus got into certain places and he says, demons began to worship. You don't understand? Meaning, he did not cast them out. He got there and they fell down and they began to worship. You know, arm wrestling praise god hallelujah so gross on the estimation of god's power is what you are likely to have when you're trying to learn god's power um, outside of the scriptures now number two thing is that you will very likely do something else but god's power and you will call it god's power glory to god and so we saw luke chapter 9 from verse 51 to 56 where jesus was rejected entry into a particular city and then he's decided to be annoyed he said do you know who we are we This is Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth that will save the entire world. In fact, this city that you did not allow us to enter, it was by him this city was created. Are we together guys? She said, so now they tell Jesus, they say sir, we know you are a good person, you are nice, you are a preacher of love, but we are not. I'm not a preacher of love, everybody cannot be preaching love. I'm a war, (laughs) I'm a fight, so I'm guessing James was the war, are we together? John was the fight, both of them liquid metal. Are we together? So he says, sir, let us call down fire from heaven like Elijah did. And as I told you, they let him know, sir, this thing we are telling you is not by experience. We read it in scripture. We read it in scripture, sir. He says, sir, as Elijah did. He's not going to want to call down fire. Normally, sir, I wouldn't have called down fire, but Elijah did it. It's not because I'm angry, sir. It's just because if you look at the scriptures, Elijah. Now, let me also say something. Do you realize when you study the New Testament, you realize that Elijah was never quoted in the New Testament. He was never quoted. Now, Bible tells you something in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 30. And scripture says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Are we together, guys? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Listen to me. You see, the means by which we weigh the prophets in the New Testament is the extent of the knowledge of Jesus they present to us. Now, you know scripture says something, Jesus was speaking about John the Baptist and Jesus said of all, Jesus said that of all the prophets are we together. Of all, in fact, he said of all the prophets there has never risen a, a greater prophet than John the Baptist but then he says he who is the smallest in the kingdom of God is mine together guys. Now, you know sometimes you can read a particular statement and you don't understand what he's saying because how do you say John the Baptist, who never did a single miracle, was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets, including Moses. Sir, Moses stretched his rod to a seat and it opened up. Are you with me? Are you with me, guys? Elisha was dead, yet his bones brought people back to life. Are you with me, guys? Are you with me, guys? Samson. By the Spirit of God lifted up the gate of a city. He took out an entire army with the jawbone of an ass. Jawbone. In case you don't know, it's like jawbone. You know, if it is still firm, it makes sense. Are you with me? When you hear jawbone of an ass, ass makes it sound nice. Ass is like donkey. The jawbone of a donkey, it came, you know, there are some things that when you die and you wake up in hell or heaven, anyone, when they ask you how you died, even you cannot have mouths. When they say, So, how did you die? Ah, yeah, somebody. Killed you. How did he kill you? He must have been. Uh, because, and of course, these were soldiers. They would have been big. So, you say, As you are big like this, for somebody to kill you, ah, oh no. It can't be a joke. It must be something serious. But your lobu, no, Say no, sir. So, I, he must have used the sword. He said, No, sir. What did he use to kill him? Talk now. Is the jawbone of a donkey. Jawbone. Even me, that I'm small, they can't use. <laughs> Are we together, guys? Are we together? So imagine, despite the fact that you had a judge like something, Scripture tells you there was no prophet greater than John the Baptist. You know why? Because of all the Old Testament prophets who prophesied about the coming of Jesus, this man says, "Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world." Are we together? So the length by which we judge prophecies or prophetic words is the extent to which they show towards the revelation of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know, Paul was then speaking in Ephesians 4. This is not part of my note. I'm just speaking my spirit of God right now. Now, Paul was speaking in Ephesians 4, and he was talking about the ministry gifts. Ephesians 4 and verse 11. And he says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, or pastoring teachers. Hallelujah. He says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now, notice, he tells you that he gave prophets for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. He says for the edifying of the body of Christ. He then says, see we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So meaning what the ministry gifts are supposed to do is to bring us into the unity of the faith by the knowledge of the Son of God. Does that make sense guys? So it would mean every single ministry gifts has a work to do in bringing us into the knowledge of the Son of God. Including prophets. Including an apostle. Let me say something. You are not an apostle because you say things we don't understand. Because, you know, You see, Scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 12, it says, seeing therefore that we have this ministry, it says we use great plainness of speech. Let me say something. The way we know that you are deep is that you can explain it simply for us to understand. Sir, you can't be more deeper than Jesus. And do you realize the reason we can teach from Jesus, from the scriptures or from the New Testament is because the things Jesus said, we can understand it. Uh, do you understand me? So you, you think that the greatness of a teacher is, is in his ability to say things. You see, the problem is this, is that you understand the teaching ministry from your professors in your departments who don't know how to explain to you because they know so much. You know, sometimes almost looks as though the more they know, the worse they become at explaining. Some of you know what I'm saying. You know, sometimes you don't look at some professors, they're just talking, you are just watching them. That clearly, you are amusing yourself, you are enjoying this, so go on. Are we together, guys? But that's not what makes a teaching ministry. That's not what makes you effective as a ministry geek. You must be able to explain and bring people to an understanding of the word. Are we together, guys? They must be able to understand. You will notice, Jesus, in fact, explained so much, and I think I'll talk about this in the next session. The fact that Jesus did so much teaching that he had special teaching classes. So for example, there were times when he would explain something to the entirety of the crowd Are we together guys? And then his disciples would not understand And then his disciples would then come and meet him And then say, what is the meaning of this parable that you gave? And he would begin, Jesus would not say, ah, these things are deeper than you When I speak to the mountain, I expect the mountain to move Are we together? And if I speak the first time and the mountain is not moved I will keep speaking till the mountain moves Because it's only a matter of time are we together, guys? Because as far as I'm concerned, the mountain is no longer there. It's now in the sea. Are we together, guys? You say, seeing is believing. No, believe believing is seeing. Yeah. Glory to Jesus. I know what I'm already seeing. You are the one with. And even when I feel some sort of resistance, as though the mountain is not letting me move, I keep going. Because soon enough, the mountain is going to get out of there. Are you, are you with me, guys? There's no mountain in front of me. Hallelujah. Because God's power is working. yeah. Glory to Jesus. Oh with the God, do you believe that? Oh, with the God. Praise God. So, when, for example, you know, so, let me also say this: sometimes it's also that you must learn to receive your miracles by faith. Let's receive the miraculous faith. You see, the miraculous is not received, particularly healing, it's not received by feelings, it's received by faith. And what that means, therefore, is sometimes you will not feel like it is working. Are you with me, sir? Are you with me? You know, when Jesus told the ten lepers to go and show themselves to the priest, now, have you ever wondered why did ten go? Sorry, better still, why did the one who came back or the two who came back in another account, why did they come back? It was because they got healed there, not in front of Jesus are you with me are you with me they got healed when they were there and so they came back to jesus to let him know sir i was healed thank you are you with me guys so what that means is as I when jesus told them to go there was not yet a healing in their bodies are you with me so let you lay hold of your healing of the power of god despite what you are seeing because words have been spoken hands have been laid spiritual laws have been set in motion Glory to Jesus. When the word has gone, it has gone, sir. And here is the word of God. It will never return void. And such is the word of God through my lips. It never comes back to me without an without answer. Always. It's always working. It might not look like it, sir. But once the word has gone, something is happening. Something is happening. Learn to say that to yourself. You know, this morning, as I was getting myself ready, preparing for the meeting. Ah, I just heard in my spirit. I said, hands have been laid. I said it to myself. I said, hands have been laid on me. Words have been spoken. I cannot fail. Ah! I cannot. And here's the thing. When you say those words, something rises up within you. Yes. I cannot fail. You it, see, it's, it's too it's, you need to understand. It's already too late for me to fail. I've come too far, sir. I've come too far. Do you know the people that laid hands on me? Ah, <laughs> it's not possible, sir. Not possible. Hallelujah. I've been enabled by the Holy Ghost. I'm a man of God. I'm called of God, are you with me, I can never fail, cancer, it's too late, I can't lose, nothing dies in my hands, nothing, and I don't just mean ministry, everything commits to my hands, I mean even at the workplace, if you commit the project to my hands, it's done, are you with me, even if the project was meant to complete, once I get involved, it's completed, that's the truth, my hands are blessed, my hands are blessed, how do you own a business and you say ah, I don't know what's happening, I don't know what's going on. Everything is just this thing, and you know everything shall do pressure. Are you with me? You know why? I tried in pressure. I tried in pressure. You know, one of the best parts about one of the best parts about problems, about obstacles or issues is this: is that problems are recipes for the miraculous. How do you need a healing when you're not blind? that's the whole point when you are blind you can be healed are you with me sir those who are whole need no physician so when i see a sickness that's an opportunity for a miracle are you with me guys how would we understand faith if Abraham was never born? how would you understand faith so i list this first and foremost from reverend talks he says when i see miracle he says when i see problems when i see difficulties i say i see okay. an opportunity for miracles I thrive. Glory to God. So listen to me. I never fail. Never. Never sir. I've f***ed you before. And I'm not joking about this word. Listen to me. Listen, listen, listen very clearly. If I have not yet won, it's the end. That's the thing. It only ends one way. I always win. I always win. I'm serious. I, I always it just That's the only thing that makes sense. I will win. If I have not won, it has not ended. And even if it looks like it has almost ended, sir, listen to me. Even if it is the eleventh hour, at the nick of time, something will show up. Something is going to show up. Hallelujah. Glory of Jesus. Ah, are you with me, guys? Doors will open up in the wall. Doors will open up in the wall. I never move. Never, sir. Never. I don't understand loss. I don't understand it I don't get it, sir. Are you with me, guys? I don't get it. I always win, always win. I'm telling you, always win, always on the winning side, always on the winning side. <laughs> are you with me, sir? So that's it, though. How are we going to cover the ball? Because we know we always win, sir. You know, it takes tenacity to knock on the doors of nations. Hallelujah. There are some doors we are going to knock. They will reject us. Go again. Are you? Are you with? Boy, again god gives you a project to start and then words were spoken prophecies were given and then you thought ah they will listen men will hear the word to be spoken and then your first meeting only two people came even of the two one of them left early the other one he's looking like he's not serious sir go again are you with me come too far to give up there is something that work in us that makes it impossible to give up sir always we always win always it's just a matter of time hallelujah does it no matter if you are Peter? If you deny Jesus before a young girl, just give it a few days. With the Holy Ghost, you will speak to 5,000. I always win, sir. Glory to Jesus. Power of God is working. Power of God is working. I never lose. I never lose. Some people finish from school. They're about to move out of campus. And they are scared. How is this going to go? How is that going to go? Sir. <laughs> so, Things will always work out for me. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, while I was on campus in my you know, penultimate year, I was always very scared. You know, you would hear stories about people who left campus, they are no longer preaching the gospel, they're no longer fighting for God. And here's the thing also, as well. You know, I knew that I was supposed to leave Ether Im- immediately I was done. Immediately. In fact, I always make this joke among my friends. Of all of my friends, I left Ether immediately. Some people don't know this. As I went I was on campus, there was no Garrison ministry. Glory to Jesus. In fact, can we not mention this up until like a year after I left? Glory to Jesus. So it's not like as though we already had a fellowship on campus or anything. Nothing, sir. We started from scratch after I had left. Are we together, guys? Are you with me, guys? So I knew I was supposed to go, but now here's the thing. I, you know, I was having questions. Hey, when I leave, how will I? Hey, will I still pray? Will I do this one? Will I do that one? And that was my fear, my fight, in my penultimate year. But you see, one time in my final year, I think I had just finished praying, and I was talking to talk Tope. You know, one of my friends as well. And I looked at her. I looked at her in the eyes, and I said, Sit up, here, I cannot lose it. I say it's not possible again. I can't, sir. Huh? You don't get it. Let me tell you something. There's something at work in me. Even when I get into an atmosphere of contradiction, it doesn't matter how many influences are around. I will try. I will try. I'm telling you. I will keep praying. I'll keep studying. I'll keep raising men. Just give me some time. Even if I am around smokers, just give it a little time. They'll turn to men of God. I'm telling you." Jesus. So, in case you're having fears, what is my life I'm going to look like after campus? Listen to me. It's onward, upward, forward. Onward in the Lord. Upward in your life. Forward thing to you. Onward, upward, forward. So don't be scared. not scared. Hey, I don't know. If I live here now, I don't know how things are going to go. What if do I don't know how things are going to go? Things will go well. They will go awesome. Are you with me? I will raise a good family. <sighs> You're, you don't even have you are still single you don't even have a partner are we together you're already getting scared about marriage what do you mean listen to me my children will serve the lord and listen you know eh, i've been saying things i'm doing now i said this when i was on campus i'm telling you now sir just wait out for it you will see my kids with me in the church they will serve the lord with me yeah yeah and nobody knows tomorrow ask them No i know tomorrow my tomorrow is on my lips i say it's what I don't know, nobody knows tomorrow. They oh, no, no. so, say never say never. What do you mean, never say never? Say. Me, they are saying things I can say never too. One of for example, is I can never, that's the power of God. I can never lose my faith. Never, sir. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is a teaching Please have your seats. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what's called utterance. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Just give your hands and thank God for that. Just give your hands and thank God for that. Say, so thank you Lord Jesus for watching us. Thank you Lord for watching us. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So, you know what? Time is running. Let's just get into what we have to do very quickly. So, so um, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Let's just get into it. Okay, you know what? Now, I, I, I think we passed there. Um, we, I think we stopped that where we are talking about the fact that uh, salvation is a conversation of dominion. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Does that make sense guys? Alright, so we said Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God's plan was for man to have dominion. Does that make sense? Are we together? And so man sinned, um, after God gave the command in Genesis 2 16 to 17, man sinned as a reason of that. Now, as a reason of the sin of man, now look at what happens in Genesis 3 verse 15. Genesis 3 verse 15, now, um, theologians call this the protevangelion. It's a Latin word that just means the first proclamation of the gospel. Are we together, guys? And this was the first proclamation that God gave about his plan for, or at least his redemptive plan for man. Are we together, guys? So now look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. He says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Are we together, guys? Glory to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Now, if you can pay attention to this verse, and now i are beginning to do, you know, much more in-depth Bible study now. This verse should be a bit weird to you. And I'll tell you why. It should be a bit weird that despite the fact that man sinned, despite what or despite the curses that were upon man and woman and the serpents, God still has to say, I will put enmity. Sir, there should already be enmity. Are you with me? When you hear, for example, in sorrow shall you soil um, upon the earth all the days of your life. When you hear that, for example, childbearing will be extremely painful. Are we together? Now, when you hear something like that, you shouldn't take God saying, I'll put enmities. Sir, uh, there's already sir. Uh, are we together, guys? Are, are you with me? So, there is more to that particular statement than what it looks like. Does that make sense, guys? We, now, pay attention to something. Now, God told the man, in the day that you eat of the tree, you shall surely die. But when you pay attention as well, after the man eats the apple, it's not apple, I'm just calling it apple for relief. It's not apple. Are we clear? Amen? Because these days it has to be clear. Alright? So now, after man eats of the tree, notice something important. Did man die? Yes or no? Did man die physically? No. So he still existed. But did he actually die? Yes, he did. Are we together? And that is where you come, and that's where you bring in the perspective of spiritual death. Now, let me just say something to just get your mind thinking. There, I'm trying to see how best I can explain this. You know, people say that spiritual death. Don't let me talk about that because that's going to be very long. That's going to be very long discussion. I'm not going to touch that. Let's continue. So now. We see that the man was dead spiritually. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? Now, let's see the way the epistles explain spiritual death was. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 1 to verse 3. Ephesians 2, 1 to verse 3. He says, You as he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the priest of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. He says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? So now he lets you know that weakened after you were dead in trespasses and sins. So meaning there was a time when you were dead in trespasses and sins. Are we together, guys? does that make sense guys so before now you were dead in trespasses and sins and when he explains what he means to be dead in trespasses and sins he says that you were walking according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air. does that make sense guys are we together so meaning that when a man is dead in sin or dead in trespasses or spiritually dead what it means is that such a man is in union with the devil does that make sense guys because he's living his life according to the dictates of the devil does that make sense guys Are we together? So now, when God said, I will put enmity, why did God have to say, I will put enmity? Because man and the devil were now now in union. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Does that make sense? So now, when I will put enmity between thee, between the serpent and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it will bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, don't forget what I said before, that the salvific work is a discussion of dominion. Are we together? So we see, for example, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. God's plan for man was that man would what? Would have dominion. Does that make sense, guys? Now, notice what he also says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse sixteen. He says, It shall bruise thy head. Another conversation of what? Dominion. And that shall bruise his heel. So meaning, when you hear about heel, have you have you guys heard of something like Achilles heel? Your weak spots? Are we together? So in other words, the serpent will do some harm to the man, are we together? But the man at the end of the day would have authority over the serpent. Does that make sense, guys? That's why it says it will bruise your head. But then you will bruise his heel. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So once again, you can see the idea or the um, entity of what? Dominion. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Now, how? Now, 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 let me say this. In talking about dominion, now, look at the Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 to 3 that explains spiritual death to us. Now, in the Amplified Classic, I want to read the Amplified Classic to you. Look at what it says. It says, You were made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins. Now, pay attention. In which at one time, you walked habitually. You were following the course and the fashion of this world and were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to And under the control of the demon spirits that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, the unbelieving, who go against the purpose of God. Now, notice he says, he doesn't just say you are in union. He says you were under the control of. Are we together? So, even when we talk about the spiritual death, If you say spiritual death is union with the devil, you are correct. But a much more intricate detail is this. Spiritual death is being under the dominion of the devil. Are you with me, guys? So, it's not just a partnership. It is that man is now sold under the authority of the devil. Does that make sense, guys? So, once again, you see that the conversation, alright, around spiritual death, alright, the conversation around spiritual death is still a conversation of what? authority of the fact that the devil now had authority over man does that make sense guys now when God decided that he was going to make salvation available how did God do it look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 or better still before we go there look at Romans 5 12 to 14. Romans 5 to the, Romans chapter 5 from verse 12 to verse 14 look at what he says he says wherefore by one man sin into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. He says, for until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. He says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Notice the phrase he uses there. He says, nevertheless, death reigned so you have another phrase suggesting authority are we together guys because when you talk about reigning it means like there is a king who is ruling over a particular area does that make sense guys so not only we the dominion of sin are we together it also lets you know that the result of sin which was death was also reigning are we together does that make sense guys so once again you see the conversation around salvation is one of dominion and authority and this is the reason when you pay attention, because man was made to have dominion over the world. When man sins, are we together? Everything in the world also fell as a reason of the sin of man. Are we together, guys? So now you see, for example in Romans 8, Romans 8 from verse 19 to 21. It says, For the earnest of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, verse 20. It says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly but as a reason of he who subjected the same in hope. So in other words, he's trying to say, the creation, entirety of all that was made, was subject to vanity. He says, and it did not happen willingly. It happened because of him who subjected the creator. In other words, everything in creation became subject to vanity, not because they wanted to be, but because of another man, Adam, Who subjected them by his own sin. Are we together guys? So because of the sin of Adam. So for example, when God created the world. Of course, God did not create seas to overflow their banks. Are we together? Bible says, God looked at all that he created. And he saw that it was good. Are we together guys? God did not create the rocks to have landslides. Or to have earthquakes. Are we together guys? Does that make sense? God didn't plan for the world to have tsunamis. In fact, when you read the book of Genesis, you realize God, in fact, did not create rain to fall from the sky. Bible tells us in Genesis 2 that a mist was supposed to come out of the ground away together, lift up and walk the earth away together guys. In fact, this was the reason it was hard for people to believe when no one said it was going to rain. It had never rained before. Because, I mean, quite frankly, if it has been raining before, and a man, tell, a, a man comes and tells you, God says a flood will take over the earth because it's going to rain heavily. Not everybody will believe, but some more people will believe. Do you know what it means for a man to preach for 120 years? 120. And then nobody believes what he has to say. It was because it had never rained before. So they thought he was stupid. Are we together? Water falling from the sky, come on. Don't be a joker. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? Are we together, guys? So now, let's continue our study. So, everything in the world became falling as a reason of the sin of man, because man was made to have dominion over it. Are we together, guys? So the moment man sold his dominion or his authority under the devil, everything that was also created for man also became falling. Are we together, guys? So can you see why I said salvation is a discussion around dominion? It's a discussion around authority. That's what it is discussion around authority. Let's continue. So, you also see Romans 7, 14 to 20. Just write that down because of time. We don't have time to go there. Romans 7, 14 to 20. Now, when God was now going to bring the salvation plan to fruition, how did he decide to do it? Look at Matthew chapter 1 from verse 20 to 21. Matthew 1, 20 to 21. Glory to Jesus. Say, I love the word. I can understand the word. Say, I'm a man of the word. I'm a man of the spirit. Say, I know the word. I get the word. I get it into my heart. I get it into my spirit. Say, I can comprehend spiritual things because I have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, this is one of the best things you can ever do to yourself. To understand that whatever is written in scriptures, I can understand. Are we together. Glory to Jesus. I speak in Ephesians 3. Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So, it is the design of God that when I read, I understand. Are we together, guys? So, if the Bible, I understand it. Listen, there is no Bible topic too hard for me to get. That's important for you to know. There's no Bible topic. You see, because there are certain persons already from the way they approach their Bible study, you cannot, this one can't get anything from it. There's a way people approach the Bible as though, well, If God wants us to get it, I will get it. God wants you to get it. So sit down and... You know, the reason we can sit down for hours in front of the Bible is because we know it's just a matter of time That's the answer. Are you with me? If we have no confidence that we're going to get it, then we might as well not be wasting our time. Just on my point. But I am willing to stay six hours, sometimes eight hours, learning God's word, trying to figure out a particular verse. Because I know if I stay at it long enough, I'm going to get the answer. And if I don't get the answer today, I'll get it tomorrow. But soon enough I'll get the an answer sir are you with me either through personal study either through the ministry of other teachers either through other men that God has placed in the body it's only a matter of time every question I have I will get an answer because I can comprehend hallelujah glory to Jesus amen have your seat. praise God hallelujah so come from verse 20 to 21 he says but while he thought on these things he says behold the angel of the lord appeared unto him in a dream saying joseph he says that son of David he says fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife so for that which is conceived in her is of the holy ghost he says and she shall bring forth a son and I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So Jesus tells you, sorry, so, for, so God tells you, or through this angelic vision to Joseph, that the way he's going to make his salvation available, or the way he's going to save people from their sins, is by giving them a child, or a son. Are we together, guys? Now, you see, at this particular point in time, you must begin to ask certain questions. One of the questions you must ask is, why exactly, why exactly does it have to be through a child or through a man? You know, there are more easier ways that God could have made salvation available. We are talking about a God who caused the world to be by speaking. Why did He also just speak salvation? Because it's not impossible. God can. Are you with me guys? If God can cause the creation of this entire world by speaking, there is no reason why he cannot speak forth salvation to be. So why exactly did God have to go all the way all right. To make salvation available by making a man be a part of it. Now, pay attention. to Go back to Romans five. Romans five seventeen to nineteen. I want to show you something now. Romans five seventeen to nineteen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Romans five seventeen to nineteen. He says, "For if by one man's offense death reigned by one." He says, much more they which receive upon us a grace, and the gift of righteousness, shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now let's continue. He says, therefore as by one, the offense of one, therefore as by the offense of one, judgments came upon all men to condemnation even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men to justification of life. He says for as by one man's disobedience many men were made sinners so by the obedience of one shall many be made what? Righteous. Hallelujah. So we see in God's wisdom because death and sin came to be by one man in the wisdom of god righteousness will be brought in by another man are we together guys you see you need to understand you know I, I, <laughs> this funny i think it's a tweet or a meme that i usually see you say uh, you say why um, you say nami eh, eh, i inherited damn dancing but not solomon's wealth it's in no Adam? well it's simple it's because first and foremost in the creation of adam you see the word adam is actually not a name the word adam is an hebrew word that means mankind are we together you see in god's wisdom adam was meant to be a prototype concerning how the entirety of man was supposed to function are we together so even though god's plan was for there to be thousands and billions of men upon the earth god's way of doing that was not to create billions of men it was to create one man from which all the billions would come out of are we together guys are we together so in god's wisdom whatever was the destiny of this one man was to reflect the entirety of the destiny of all mankind. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Does that make sense? And so, that is why the sin that he committed, or the offense he committed, became a reflection of every man that would come through him. Does that make sense, guys? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. And so, no, I don't want to go ahead of myself. Look at First Corinthians 15, from verse 45 to 49. First Corinthians 15, 45 to 49. Holy God, He says, and so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. By the way, for those who don't know, the last Adam was referring to Christ. He says, how I mean, that was not first, which was spiritual, but that which is natural. So the first that came was a natural man. Alright, and afterward the spiritual. So the first Adam that was created was a natural man. Which, let me say this. You know, people have an idea that, the Adam that was created in Genesis 2 was the man in God's plan just some things to get you thinking but let me first start by saying this when you read Genesis and I think I've, I've thought about this before I'm very likely I'm still going to do another teaching of Genesis again but that's going to be maybe I think twenty twenty five. now when you pay attention to the 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 narrative in Genesis 1. Genesis 1 tells you in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he begins to tell you all of the things that God created. Are we together? Now, if you follow Genesis 1, it will seem as though by Jesus, everything that was to be created had been created. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? So, for example, creation of trees, you see the creation of plants, the creation of herbs, the creation of animals, so on and so forth, water bodies, etc, etc. Now, when you go to Genesis 2, in fact, Genesis 1 tells you men and female created in In verse 27, He says, and God created man in his image. Are we together? He says men and female created in them. So according to Genesis 1 and verse 27, the man in God's plan and in fact the woman had been created. Are we together guys? Now when you then go to Genesis 2, you realize that man was not created until Genesis 2 and verse 7. That was in fact when God took of the dust of the earth. Are we together? And molded man. And breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Are we together, guys? So we can... Now, not just that. When you read through Genesis 2, you now realize also that before the trees began to exist in the garden, Bible says, before they began to exist because there was no man to till the ground. Are we together, guys? It says, God caused the mist to come out of the ground and water the earth, and then trees and shrubs began to grow. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? So meaning. We can say that what we had in Genesis 1 was supposed to be more or less a prototype. That this is what God's plan is. Are we together? And Genesis 2 now becomes an account to show us how Genesis 1 was supposed to come about. Are we together? sense, guys. So, for example, when you want to build a structure, right, you are going to first of all have what you call an architectural plan. And the architectural plan is as good as having the house but in paper. Are you are we together guys in fact from the paper from the paper you can already have a mental image of everything the house is supposed to be like in fact some plants are so detailed they go the, even all the way to, so for example the color of the paints that we used are we together the kind of materials that they will use the texture of the walls etc etc are we together guys so from the plan you can already say everything about the house has been done does that make sense guys and then after you have the plan you then begin to build the house does that make sense guys so you can say genesis 1 was the architectural plan genesis 2 now begins to show you how it was supposed to happen does that make sense guys are we together now if we say this, this would mean the man that you talk about in the image of god that was supposed to be created we might be overstretching if we see that man in genesis 1 was already created no because scripture tells us that the man created in genesis 2 was a living soul are we together and now when you read First Corinthians 15 he tells you that in fact that man was not a spiritual one he was a natural one it's the first that came was natural the second that came was spiritual does that make sense guys we together guys so so now also pay attention to something when scripture says god wanted to create man in his image and i I really don't want to go into this topic because that's not my focus here but i think it's important to lay this foundation what is the image of god now of course there is the epistles that explain to us that the image of god is christ but at the foundation of it when we say the image of god what was he referring to now some people have said that means i'm created in the in the likeness of god i look like god cute but (laughs) If we if we are being honest, it doesn't gather. I'll tell you why. If all of us here are in the image of God, all of us don't look alike. Amen. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just like to make yourself feel good because now look at me now. Your daughter is always suffering. That might use this example. Look at me. Look at you, fellows. Who looks like you should be in the image of God? First and foremost, my God cannot be dark skin. It's God. In the power of light. Are we together? Are we together, guys? In variable. there is no, no shadow. <laughs> Praise God. You see, my God is 11 a.m. light. Not 3 p.m. dark. Sorry, not 3 a.m. dark. is he, light. There's no, there's no, no shadow of turning. Jesus, in, my, in God, there's no darkness. Bible says, 1 John 1, verse 5, in him is light, no darkness at all. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. You know, you know, there are some people that God saved by bringing them home. There are some others God saved by calling them do you understand what i'm trying to say you know when <laughs> you know ah praise god <laughs> let's 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 stay together you know when you know when jesus was talking when jesus said many are called few are chosen are we together don't take this seriously please <laughs> but you know when jesus said many are called few are chosen you know there are some that he they send them invitation that come you know at the feast come then when they when those when some of them did not come because i'm one of those that came anyways when they did not come jesus now said Go into the streets. Go and call people. You no, know, when you see someone like me, you can tell that they use invitations to invite me. But when there are some people that you can tell that you are just going on the road. You see, where are you going to you say? Who myself? I don't know. Shall come? <laughs> are we together, guys? Hallelujah! But you see, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we are all chosen in the God. Glory to Jesus. There's neither now Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. Hallelujah! By the Spirit of God, we've all been made to drink into one body. Hallelujah. You know, and this is one of reason why it becomes, it becomes ridiculous when you think that up to date, God still has a special place for the Israelites. Does it make any sense? Are we together? Does it make any sense? sir. Huh? Listen, if they don't believe in the Lord Jesus, which by the way, a lot of them don't do, they will go to hell. Are you with me, sir? Like hell. Do you want that hell that is in the Bible? They will go there. Glory to God. Hallelujah! So there's nothing about your nationality that preserves you. You see, your your place of residence is not the power of God unto salvation. Are we together? Your country of origin is not the power power of God unto salvation. It is the gospel. Are you with me, sir? That's it. Praise Jesus! And that's why, in fact, Bible now tells you the book of Romans. All right, in Romans. You Romans said in Romans three and verse twenty three that for all have seen and conscience of the glory of God. If you read from Romans one and Romans two, he was trying to say that the Gentiles have sinned without the law. Are we together? Because from the visible things of the world, the invisible things about god are clearly made known are we together guys such that they are without excuse so meaning the gentile through the things he can see can know that of a truth that there is a god and then they sin by their conscience are we together guys and then the jews who have the law still go on to so We can say that all have sinned because the Gentiles sin without the law and the Jews sin under the law. Are we together, guys? So it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. Bible tells you in Romans chapter 3 verse 20 now. Romans chapter 3 verse 21. It says now the righteousness of God is made manifest. Being witnessed in the law and prophets. The righteousness of God that is by faith to all that believe. Are we together, sir? So whether you're a Jew or you're a Gentile, I wish you, I hope you also know that you're a Gentile, not a Jew, sir. There are some Christians that like to say, I'm a Jew. I'm the Israel of, well, I'm the Israel of God. Sounds cute, my <laughs> I Are we better? No, sir. You are a Gentile. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Although my name is Israel, so you know. Oh, Praise you. you never know. Praise Jesus. Why are you putting Why are you waiting on me? You can never know. Uh, glory to God. But I'm a Gentile. You are a Gentile too. Hallelujah. But it doesn't matter. In Christ Jesus, we are all one and the same. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's continue what we're, what we're studying on. So, we, so as I was explaining to you guys, so the first Adam that was created, therefore, was a natural one, not a spiritual one. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Amen. Because you need to understand the implication of saying it was a spiritual man. People don't get it. See, let me explain. If we say that the first Adam created was spiritual, the implication of that is that the spiritual man did something that made him lose his place of dominion. Let me tell you the implication of that in simple sense. Salvation, therefore, cannot be eternal. Amen. Because you need to understand what we have received by redemption, are we together, is that which God ordained from the beginning. Amen. Glory to Jesus. It is simply union with God. If there is something a man can do that can make, and that's the reason I don't say spiritual death is separation from God. No, it is union with the devil. there are two different things. To say a man can be separated from God is to say a believer today who is saved can become unsaved. It's not, you need to understand the implication of what you are saying. Are we together, guys? It doesn't work that way. If you believe that the work of salvation or the work of redemption or the union that God has with man is done once for all for all mankind, it becomes a very dangerous statement to say that Adam was already in union with God and then as a reason of his sin became separated from God. No, sir. So, you can say spiritual is union with the devil, but don't say separation from God. Are we together? You know what God says? In John 10, 28 to verse 29. Are we together? He says, No man can pluck them out of my hands. You need to understand, when we discuss union with God, it is not, it is not God doing his part and his own part. No, it is God bringing man into himself. Are we together? So, the strength of the union is the strength of God's might. Are we together? So when you fall, if for any reason that union breaks, the problem is not the man, it's God. Now we him that is able to keep you from stumbling. It is God that does the keeping. Are we together? So once man is in union with God, it becomes, man's res- it becomes God's responsibility for keeping man in that union unless the man was never in union. But if a man was once in union and he's no longer in union, the problem is not the man, it's God. And God cannot have a problem. So that's an unique problem. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope I'm not confused you. Anyways, I'm not going to give you now. That was just something to get your mind thinking because you need to understand, see, Bible topics are, they are literally molding blocks. Are we together? You need to understand that certain statements have implications. And this is the reason I said, you don't just jump into Bible topics anyhow. For example, it sounds harmful. It doesn't sound like anything bad. Spiritual death is disconnected from God. You know with the devil. They are not the same thing. Are we together? Are we together, guys? And that is the reason you were dead. Now you are alive. Are we together? Check in scriptures. There was never a man who was alive spiritually. Aside Adam, who clearly is a case that is a bit hard to understand. Look in the epistles. You will never find a man who was once alive spiritually and became dead. Are we together? Are we together, guys? if the epistles are a revelation of the old testament scriptures it means whatever we find in the in the old testament must be clearly explained in the epistles are we together guys so if it is possible for a man to be in union with god and after being in union with god that union becomes torn apart we must at least find an example in the epistles that makes sense guys but we don't we don't so what that would simply mean is this is that you could be you could exist without God and then become a union with God. So when you exist without God, that's spiritual death. In union with the devil. Are we together guys? In fact, let me now say this to also as well. There's a difference between a natural man, a sinful man, alright, and a spiritual man. Abraham was a natural man. Are we together? But you can't call Abraham a sinner. You can't. He was a natural man. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. Are we together? But at the same time, you can't call him a sinner. Because in fact, Hebrews 11 tells you that he believed in a promise. So he wasn't saved because Jesus had not yet died. He didn't have the Holy Ghost, but he believed in a promise. Are we together, guys? So to call such a man a sinner would be wrong. Neither was he a man with the Holy Ghost. Are we together, guys? So you realize at the end of the day, there is a natural man who exists without the Spirit of God. But at the same time, such a man is not a sinner. There is also the man who rejects the gospel and is a sinner. Then there is the spiritual man who has received the gospel. Are we together, guys? Are you with me? So, don't be quick to use Bible words, ZDL. Take your time. Pay attention to the details. Study. And use your words carefully. Are we together? Does that make sense, guys? Does that make sense, guys? I'm going to ask if I've confused some of you because but chances are I have. But that's not today's teaching. I have enough to do it already. If you want to really at least understand my teaching on book of genesis i think the um i did the teaching was um exploring salvation now that's the first exploring salvation that we did exploring salvation one all right you said one two three you know i did okay well okay one two three because there was also other parts of salvation i covered aside genesis right i think i did um, um a defense on eternal salvation and then our salvation was made available right so exploring salvation series you can check it. it's one of our first teachings in this ministry so listen to it and if you have any questions then come back to me Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on at gmail.com. We call you blessed.